Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Daily Thread. Today's Daily Thread is pretty international. I'm in... I'm well, working. you're in New York, and I'm in Jerusalem um, at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, and uh, we arrived... Um, when did we arrive? Today around uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, I think. I think it was 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it, was a, it was a great trip. And um, let me tell you something. Uh, we're tired. Uh, it's been a long day, but uh, I was telling you uh, the streets of Jerusalem are booming. I, I haven't seen yeah. it like this. I haven't seen it like this in a long time. We walked uh, from... Uh, the lighting of the uh, Hanukkah menorah at the Kotel uh, mm-hmm. a couple of hours ago, maybe an hour ago, and uh, walking from the old city, um, you know, up uh, up through uh, to the Jaffa Gate. Uh, yeah. it, 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 you have to shuffle. You can't even take regular steps. There's so many Do you think? People. I mean, you've been you you've been there sukkahs. Do you think that it's more more yeah, happening now? Uh, I think I think it's more. Uh, I think it's more. Uh, I think it's more. I don't want to say cluttered, but I think it's just densely populated more now than circus. You know, uh, uh, first of all, uh, you have you have the combination of the uh, the non-Jewish holiday coming up. Uh, you know, Christmas and New Year week, and you have Hanukkah this week, and and people are here from all walks of life. You know, right. every conceivable sect. You hear every language. Uh, being spoken when you walk by the yeshiva students, seminary students, their parents, people are here for 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 weddings and for upshurns and bar mitzvahs and there's every, every place you turn. We were by the hotel. Uh, Benny Gantz, the defense minister, was the guest uh, of honor, so to speak, at the lighting of the third uh, torch. Were the you there? Were day. you there? When, were you there when he was there? Yes, I was there when he was there. I sent uh, Nissen some pictures. Of Benny uh, Gans walking, they first they light the torches from on top of a roof uh, yeah. overlooking the hotel. Then they march down to the hotel and they and they and they, um, um, and they light at the hotel. And Rabbi Grossman from um, Boys Town uh, was there, and, and, and he spoke. And it, it's just bursting. It's bursting with people clamoring all over each other, trying to get up on top of chairs. Uh, some professional photographers trying to get pictures. Some people, I mean, everybody in their uncles trying to get pictures with their cell phones. I don't know what they're going to do with those pictures. You know, right. he's, he's, if I take a few pictures, I send them to you, and maybe you'll edit them into the to the podcast. But I don't know what do right. people do. What do people do with all those pictures? I don't know. To be honest, you ever go to a chuppah? You ever go to a chuppah and you see like these people videoing? I'm sure you're one of them. See people videoing the chuppah. Where do those videos go? Also, like what happens? No, to those? I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't video chuppah. Uh, no, I, 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 no, no. Do you? Do no, you, you video? video you video, video everywhere. You video everywhere. No, that's not true. Um, but but people just have this knee jerk reaction to video everything. But no one asks the question: What are they doing with those videos? Besides deleting it about a half hour later, when they when, discover when, when, the, <laughs> when it says that you have no more room left on your phone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what? Um, so you, and you had to think to yourself, "Gee, what am I going to delete?" Oh, I have an idea. Let's delete everything because nothing's yeah, important. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I do want to mention we, we we mentioned yesterday about the Winiers family. Bar Hashem, I would say over over five hundred and fifty thousand dollars has been raised already for the family. Uh, Rabbi David Bonier, as I passed away around eight years ago, uh, 
Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Miriam Winier has passed away last week. You know, they leave behind 10 orphans, uh, four mm-hmm. of which are not married yet. Mm-hmm. And we just want to really um, encourage and implore our listeners to, to do what you can. You know, if you have some ice and money to donate to their family, uh, the link in, is in the description of this episode on YouTube and yeah. on Apple and Spotify. So please, please go ahead and, and open your heart, open your wallet. And give to the family because they certainly need it in this time. Um, I do want to mention there's two stories uh, that are about President Biden right now that I want to mention. And one okay. of them being, uh, you know, President Biden said um, that this year's Hanukkah arrives in the midst of rising and, and, and emboldened anti-Semitism at home and around the world. I recognize your fear, your hurt. And as your president, I want to make this clear. I will not be silent. America will not be silent. Um what do you think about that? Because I kind of feel like America's been pretty silent so far, no? Well, first of all, I mean, he's the American president. Uh, I'm in Israel right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm not that conscious or that much aware. Uh, I mean, I, we've been up for 36 hours pretty much straight, and I really haven't even looked at a newspaper online yet. Uh, but I will maybe if I get up during the night, if I get a couple hours of sleep, maybe I'll take a look. Well, I, I think it would be more appropriate if you wanted to talk about rising anti-Semitism and rising inflation, maybe you should have held that as comments for Pesach, when bread rises, you know, it becomes chametz. <laughs> that, that might have been a, more appropriate for the speechwriters in the White House to use that metaphor <laughs> and those illustrations at that time of year rather than a Hanukkah. If you want to talk about something about Hanukkah, why don't you talk about the riots in 2020 when they burnt buildings down in 20 different states? That might be yeah, more. Maybe. That might have, that might have been. What was the second thing you wanted to bring up about the president? The second story about President Biden is that he was approached and he was asked, uh, "When is when is he going to declare the Iran deal dead?" And <laughs> President respo- President Biden responded, "It is dead, but we're not going to announce it." He said, it is dead, but we are not going to announce it. Um, I'm not sure what that means, and I'm sure his his press uh, secretaries are scrambling to figure out what exactly now to say based on these words that President Biden said. Um, uh, there, there, there's a big problem here because, um, you know, uh, he, he says things almost every single day that are very difficult to understand, uh, don't make any sense. Or there are uh, huge exaggerations that have been proven almost immediately to be straight-out lies. Yeah. And uh, there's, but, the, but there's no recourse. He's still, you know, the best thing that the Democrats have, and they're still pushing for him to run again in 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 uh, 2024. Yeah, listen, we can't uh, we can't uh, I can't speak for for Joe Biden exactly, um, but that's just two things that. You know, stood out this morning already. I mean, like that's between last night and this morning. Uh, that's that's the daily briefing from President Joe Biden. Uh, but how was your how was your visit to Eretz Chaim the other day in Beit Shemesh? It wasn't the other day. My visit to Beit Shemesh. My visit. It was today. It was earlier today. I think you're, you're a little bit tired, no? Like it's been one long forty hour day for you. It's been a, it's been very long. I I I I think I I took three cat naps. You know, uh, I, I lay down for 15 minutes and, and the phone rings. That's one of the problems with, um, you know, not being disconnected, really. Uh, like, what, what time is it? Right now it's uh, 7.49 here. It's 10 to 8 in the evening. Which means it's 10 yeah. to 1. It's 10 to 1. My office is functioning. It's a Hanukkah. It's one of our busiest newspapers coming out this week. 
mm-hmm. of the year. You know, it's one of the busiest of the year, Shabbos Hanukkah. And I don't know, I'm going to be getting texts and calls up until at least midnight Israel time. Uh, we can make sure nobody. We can make sure nobody calls you. I'll turn. So I'll turn the ringer off. I guess I don't know. I'll turn the ringer off. And then also, it's very hard to the the. the uh, I thought Wi-Fi was all around Jerusalem. I find it very hard to get a decent signal uh, uh, in different places. Uh, I was by the hotel for Myrov after the candle lighting, and they have a um, they have a um, uh, a hotel Wi-Fi, but nobody knows the password. I asked a half a dozen <laughs> people. I you asked, asked a half a dozen people. <laughs> what is the pa- what is what is the what is the password? Anybody know the password is for the the Kotal Wi-Fi? Please uh, drop me a line or or or, or text Achi so he, he can share it with me. I don't know who else to ask. <laughs> I asked the guys that moved the shtenders. I asked the guys that are putting away the shadurim. I asked the security guys. No one knows what I'm talking about. I need a password for the Kotal uh, uh, um, uh, Wi-Fi now. Why am I using my phone at the hotel? Because there's a lot of things going on at the hotel besides davening, you know? So this video that I have here via MKY, in Los Angeles for a show, Benny Friedman took advantage of uh, of the one-day trip to visit Rabbi Yitzhi Hurwitz, <laughs> who is bedridden with a debilitating illness, and he davens along with him. And I want to just pull up the video and uh, show our viewers. It's Really beautiful the amount of uh, performers that go ahead and stop by to visit Rabbi Yitzhi Hurwitz. Um, I'm sure it brings him a ton of a ton of chizuk. No, listen, he, he's quite an inspiration. I mean, he's dealing with, like you said, a debilitating illness. He has a young family, and um, it's it's just difficult to wrap your mind around. But uh, he uh, is uh, an inspiration to, to to people that are dealing with all kinds of. Uh, you know, different types of difficulties, whether physical or emotional or psychological or uh, financial or uh, any number of other things. And he is shows people that uh, um, there is uh, life to be lived. Yeah. On, on a lighter note, I see a, a really funny, eh, a funny story, an interesting story out of, uh, from JTA. The Detroit Pistons have a message for Kyrie Irving after his anti-Semitism scandal. Happy Hanukkah. The Pistons wish Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving a happy Hanukkah Sunday night, the first night of, the Han- of Hanukkah. The Pistons appear to be trolling Irving, who recently shared anti-Semitic film on Twitter and initially refused to apologize. The scoreboard displayed both a spinning globe and a Hanukkah graphic with a menorah while he was at the free throw line. The former is in reference to previous comments, the you know the all-star made, which we know about. Um, and it's, I, I don't know. I think it's, it was – I think it, may, it may have been every time he went to the free throw line. Um, he went to the free throw line, a globe, uh, do you know, uh, the globe part is cause he's a, he's a flat earther. Kyrie Irving thinks the, the earth is flat. Oh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. So they put, they put a, I'll put a picture here. They put a picture of, of a globe with the world being yeah. round. Yeah. And another time he was at the free throw line, they put a happy Hanukkah sign. That is very, that is from a, from a, which by the way, I, I have some Intel for you. You had asked me about about Ryan Terrell and the you know is there Jewish ownership and we came to the sort of conclusion that the owner of the Pistons is not Jewish but 
I spoke to somebody, and there is a minority owner of the Detroit Pistons. His name is Arn okay. Pelham, and Arn okay. Pelham is a Jew. And the reason okay. why, you know, so he he definitely, uh, I think that this thing happening to Kyrie and Brian Terrell being in in the, in the Pistons system definitely comes from a, a Jewish ownership uh, decision. So, in case you're wondering, but I think it's 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 uh it's funny to see coming from a corporate standpoint that a team really trolling Kyrie Irving like that in the middle of a game. It's pretty funny. Yeah, well, it's a it's a distraction. It's a, it's a sidetrack type of thing. It's not it's not central focus to the game. These guys have to play a ball. They're being paid. I think Kyrie Irving's being paid forty million dollars a season, if I'm not mistaken, right? And um, he yeah, has right. to he has to. Uh, I forgot who said it, but he has to just shut up and dribble, you know. And and, and you don't like you don't like me saying that, right? <laughs> I just think that 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 term was no, like condemned. No, no, no. So condemn only because it was directed at uh, LeBron James, who thinks that he's a great social scientist. <laughs> but yeah, believe me, huge. But, but he's not. Yeah, he is huge, but he's not a social scientist. He's a huge yeah. basketball player. He's a huge basketball did player. You, did you see that video? There's a video going around from from Qatar of a Cutter? guy going around. Yeah, Qatar, if you yeah. want to say Qatar. There's a guy going around Qatar, and he was – Going up to people dressed in you know the full uh, in the full Arab, bush, Arab headdress, Arab, Arab wear, and yeah. he said, "Oh, I'm with my friend. I'm reporting all. I'm reporting from Israel. I'm here from Israel talking to my friend." They look at him when he says Israel, and he gives them this like stern look, and they say, "No, no, 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 bye, bye. Uh, I'm not. I'm not talking to you." And it, it happened like four or five times, and then you know someone really wanted to beat him up, and he's like, "No, no, no. I'm kidding with you. It was a prank. This guy was pulling a prank. He's saying, no, I also hate Israel. Don't worry, I also hate Israel.'" And it was yeah. like so sad. Like this was getting, this was getting so many views online. Like, yeah, we all hate Israel, but uh, well, you know, I think uh, I think people think that Israel made peace, sort of, with the UAE. But like, it doesn't mean that everyone in the UAE likes Israel. I'm glad you, you know, interesting that you brought that up because uh, there, there is a. I'm sitting here in in my hotel room in Jerusalem, and not being out on the street uh, eating jelly donuts and uh, jumping around with everybody, which is what is going on right outside these walls. I'm just too tired for that tonight, maybe tomorrow night. But yeah. um, I have to tell you that um, uh, that Jerusalem is uh, really, uh, is, like I said in the beginning, is, uh, is, is, is well, is alive with all kinds of uh, ethnic groups. I saw a lot of people, a lot, a lot of Chinese tourist groups I saw uh, this evening on the street. Is that like B'nai Menashe? No, no. There are people no? from China, people from China that are, that are that are visiting Israel. I don't know if they have any kind of religious discouraged in, uh, in in China, but uh, listen, there's 1.5 billion people in China. There's a tremendous number of different uh, ethnic groups, a lot from Africa, and uh, tourism is booming. You know, the pandemic is thankfully uh, over. That shut down the country for almost two years and hurt the economy uh, uh, very very dramatically, very very significantly. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, being here today, it, it's almost like we were like, like taken by surprise about, um, about how, uh, first of all, we, we were on a plane. How diverse? With, you're saying, you're saying how diverse it was? Yeah, we were, we were on a plane that I think was 90% birthright students. Okay. That's amazing. It really you know, is amazing. The, the, the airport lounge at JFK and the kids that were on the plane, uh, they, they were, Thank, thank God we weren't sitting with them, but they were very, very noisy. And uh, they uh, they were sitting in back of the plane mostly. 
And um, but uh, we were a little, you know, except for the big Rolls Royce engines, which I sent you some pictures of. It was pretty quiet. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, those engines make a lot of noise. I gotta tell you, those are big oh, yeah? engines. Those are big you engines. Didn't get, you didn't. You didn't get your beauty sleep. No, I. I don't think I. Maybe I napped for ten minutes. Uh, I didn't sleep. Um, the LL service was was great uh, as usual. Um, right. They told me to criticize something. Um, I don't want you to. I don't need you to criticize something. You could, if you want to, you can. No, I, I wasn't. No, I. They they served some shakshuka this morning for breakfast. Another thing I liked about yesterday's flight. Was glad, by the way, it's good. The shakshuka, I don't see any of the shakshuka on your shirt, so that was that's success. Well, I did change my shirt. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> a couple of times today because it was very warm, <laughs> but. Um, I didn't get anything on my shirt. Uh, they gave me a nice uh, paper nap, uh, a cloth napkin. I tucked it into my shirt. I was protecting my shirt because I couldn't get to my shirts. They were underneath the plane in the belly of the plane, so I couldn't have access to a, a new shirt on a on a, on a ten hour flight. But uh, it, it was a great flight. It was a beautiful seven eighty seven Dreamliner, and the service was great. Uh, the wine was delicious. Um, um, I wasn't so crazy about the shakshuka. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it wasn't my style, you know. The second you brought it up, I felt like you had an issue with the shakshuka. There's different cultural ways to make shakshuka. Shakshuka, you know. You, you don't like the way Alal al makes it. The one you have to be, I don't know. It's not not Alal. It's the um, it's the particular chef that we're using for this. Uh, it was very watery, you know. <laughs> let, me, let me let me put it that way. Which runs okay. the risk. Which adds adds the risk to getting it on your shirt, whether you have a napkin covering yourself from. You know, shoulder to shoulder, and from your neck down to your to your waist. You know, you still run the risk of having some of that shakshuka seep through. So yeah, so you gotta be you gotta be careful. Definitely, always gotta be careful. Um, uh, some tell you about the, what's going yeah, on. Uh, the weather the weather was warm today. It's supposed to get a little bit cooler uh, tomorrow. I think our plan mm-hmm. is to go uh, maybe go down to the Dead Sea tomorrow a little bit. Okay. Make Did you? Uh, I, I saw that. I saw that you you had a nice encounter with the Chabad air desk in JFK. Yes, we posted a nice picture. Um, uh, I think you saw that. Maybe you want to post it if you have access to it. I don't know, but sure. uh, I'll post it right here. Your sister and brother-in-law, Dini and Eliezer, are here with their six children. Not in the hotel room with me. They're staying in a, in a different apartment, uh, an apartment that they rented, and but they're not here right now, so it's a little quiet here right now. And um, but uh, we were there at uh, Chabad Air, and it was a uh, big tumult at the airport yesterday. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of flights going out, and like I said, we were on the birthright flight, so that was really noisy. Uh, it's really amazing how many. Uh, it's it's amazing to see how many people do are doing birthright to go to Israel, and I wonder what percentage of the people who go do birthright end up, you know, sticking around. Maybe they go to Asia Torah and they and they follow their and they follow their roots, maybe. Uh, I say two things about that. Number one, birthright is the the funding for birthright has been dramatically cut uh, this year. Uh, so I think the Adelson family, Sheldon Adelson, cut twenty million dollars. Used to give thirty million dollars to birthright, and this year they're only giving ten million dollars. So obviously that cuts out a lot of trips. In terms of the kids, that uh, of course I don't know if the objective is to nothing necessarily to have kids go to yeshiva. I don't think the founders or the inventors of birthright intended that necessarily, but I think that it happens in a, a small percentage of cases where a kid stays. Right. 
and and ends up in a good in a good place and turning turning his life around. But I think the objective wonder, yeah. birth, the objective of birthright is just uh, American Jews are so removed and so distant from anything anything Jewish and anything Israel in a positive way, just to give them a a good feeling. For you might have seen the commercials for uh, you might have seen the commercials for for Israel to come. I mean, the appeal is is to me is disgusting. The appeal, you know. All they talk about is the beaches and the nightclubs, and they have, uh, you know, a guy in a bathing suit and a woman with uh, rainbow-colored hair, you know, and this is supposed to be inviting people to come visit Israel. This is supposed to be an exciting part of Israel. Obviously, there's, there's great – They got it wrong. You're saying, you're saying they got it wrong. I think they got it. I don't know who they're trying to appeal to. But, so, uh, why, don't you, why don't you give give your give your little version of a commercial for Israel right now? What would it sound like? Uh, listen, uh, the, the, the Jerusalem is teeming with people. I didn't, I'm going to go tomorrow morning early, probably. I'll be up early. I'm going to go down by the hotel. You know, uh, the weather's going to be nice. It's going to be a little bit on the chilly side, but it'll be in the 50s, which is not bad. And um, you know, just to meet people from all cross sections of life. You know, we're only here a few hours, and uh, besides pe- seeing people from all over the world, we saw people that uh, we met people on the plane that are coming here for for weddings and for bar mitzvahs. And I met someone tonight by the hotel who's having his son's upsharing here. His oldest child is three years old and having an upsharing. So he arrived today. His parents are coming tomorrow. He's going to have the upsharing on, on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. um, um, I mean, there's, there's, uh, Jerusalem is, is, is culturally and spiritually rich for people. And people are seeking meaning. And you're not going to find that much depth or meaning on, on the Tel Aviv beaches or the Netanya beaches. If it's a warm day, you know, you might want to go swimming. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, the, 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 there's a lot more a lot more dimension to what uh, Israel has to offer uh, Jews from around the world and people in general from around the world. And you see yeah. the people, the people feel it. The people are drawn to Israel. Why are people coming from well, every country in Africa and from China and from India why are they coming here? Why are they spending their money here? Why, I think it's for, they... for I think I think for spirituality. Okay, so how about appealing to people's spirituality? The, the, those commercials that I saw that you may have seen uh, don't appeal to spirituality. They appear to nightclub and dancing and beaches. That's the, okay. the, the that's the sum total of it, here. pretty much. Anyway, Hopefully we have a will... lot to uh, a lot to report to you. Um, uh, we have a jam-packed week uh, week planned. Um, I don't are, you know heading, are, you, are you are you going to see any any gedolim? If I do, I'm going to of course have my phone with me to be able to record it. Hopefully, they'll have. I wanna, uh, you think they'll have Wi-Fi in their houses? Or, or I don't able, think so. Or how about I get a pass? How about I get a password from uh, from someone on Bnei Brock? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll be able to figure it out. But uh, there's a story that actually broke yesterday, and this is a little bit disturbing. Uh, a 97-year-old Nazi camp secretary guilty of aiding over 10,000 murders, the so-called secretary of evil, um, she said that she did not know what was going on at the yeah. camps. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Lily, Lily Ebert's response, uh, Lily Albert Ebert, who uh, – you know, is the co-author of Lily's Promise, her her great-grandson, Doe Foreman, someone I interviewed on my podcast, mm-hmm. a great young man. Um, she responded, there's no such thing as a Nazi, as the Nazis getting too old, you know? Mm-hmm. A Nazi's a Nazi, and a Nazi should be uh, sentenced no matter what, what age they are. 
Um, I, you know, I, I don't have to look online to really see what the comments probably are about this in the secular world of like, oh, she's an old woman, let her be. But I think it's important. You have a lady who's 98 years old now who was who part of one of the worst atrocities ever committed to mankind. I think she has to be, she has to pay for her sins. She has to pay for what she did. Yeah, um, I don't disagree with you. Um, that's not a kind of thing that uh, I think mercy enters into the realm of uh, as an option, uh, as a possibility. So I think uh, we agree a hundred percent on that. Yeah, we we, we, we yeah we want to urge, of course, everybody to to practice fire safety during Hanukkah. You know, unfortunately, too often there are stories about people maybe leaving their homes with their candles lit, and you know, no good happening. Fire is dangerous, and it needs to be dealt with with caution and carefully. Um, hopefully, by us saying this, somebody will think twice before maybe leaving their home with any candles right. lit, and uh, can can make the right decision when it comes to that. Because all all too often things like this happen, no? Well, once you know the hotels, like I said, are jammed. Uh, we're staying in the world off, I told you. And we came into the lobby, and you know, we figured, oh, look at that! There's like two hundred menorahs on a bunch of tables in the lobby. And then we came up to our room. We came back down to light. There was nothing available. Everything was uh, was ready lit. So luckily, Ema uh, brought one along, uh, oh, wow. an, an oil piece uh, that we put together, that she put together, and we took downstairs so we could uh, light our own. So, you know, it is happening here. It is happening yeah. here. Jewish people are home. We are home. We are home, at least for Hanukkah. <laughs> You saw that uh, there's this guy, Matt Ishiba, that is buying the Phoenix Suns basketball team for somewhere around $4 billion. What's his name? Matt what? Ishiba? Yeshiva? No, not Yeshiva. Ishiba. No. I-S-H-I-B-A. Okay. Oh, that's uh, close enough. What's the story about? He's buying he's buying the Phoenix Suns for four billion dollars. I don't think any team has in in any professional sport has been sold for that amount. I'm sure uh, they they've been they they have value like that, but four billion dollars a professional sports team. Well, listen, apparently he must be a wealthy businessman, and it's a vanity purchase. It's a prestigious thing to own a sports franchise today. You know the Yankees? You know the Yankees and the Mets are worth today? Yeah, what? I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure the Yankees are probably worth tens of billions of dollars. What? Tens of billions no of dollars. Look, look, the guy who owns the Mets is going to have a payroll this year over $400 million. Okay. He, he wants Tens he of wants, billions of dollars? Yeah. You know what it means to, to have the prestige of owning the New York Yankees? Okay. So – I. One second. Okay. The New York Yankees are owned by the Steinbrenner family who bought them in 1973 for 8.8 8, 8 million U.S. dollars. And here's an article from sportskeeda.com. It will come as no surprise that the Yankees rank number one on the list of the most valuable MLB's teams. From iconic logos and legendary players to championships and mentions in pop culture, the New York Yankees brand has a valuation of $6 billion, according to a March 2022 report on Forbes.com. Okay. So, so that's, you know, $6 billion. Not bad. What year? Value to what year? No, this year, 2022. I think it's worth a lot more just for the. Uh, prestige, are you going to put in a bit? Are you going to put in a bit? The prestige of owning a team, I think. Are you going to put no, in a bid? No, I'm not a Yankee fan. Uh, I'm not a Yankee. Otherwise, fan. otherwise, you probably buy it. 
I have a problem with a team that refuses to put the names of the players on the back of the uniform, so you never know who's at bat. Interesting. Yeah, I hear that. You never know who's coming up. You never know who struck yeah. out. You never know who flied out. You know, Aaron Judge is 99, but that's all you know. Yeah. Anything else you want to discuss? Well, um, it's, uh, it's it's great to be in here uh, in Israel. Uh, right now, uh, down the block, uh, in the Mamila Mall, there's a root and toot and concert going on. Uh, I'm not sure who's playing, but uh, there's a lot of noise. And uh, the streets are, uh, are popping. And people are ah, but maybe, maybe, maybe you just should just stay. Maybe just, just get, you know, just stay there. And, and I should just like stay just for, so I can report to you. No, like you see, like I, I feel like you enjoy being there and maybe you should live there. You know what? You know, I'm going to, I have to get some rest. All right. So <laughs> you, you ask me tomorrow. I'll try to give you a clear answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, make sure to subscribe to daily the daily thread on WhatsApp. You'll see so much news, stories, content. Um, if my father ends up getting to Bnei Barak and some Gadol, maybe we'll see something from there as well. Okay, make sure we'll to subscribe. Try. The link is in the description in the show notes. Have an awesome day. We will see you all tomorrow. Okay, cool too.